This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The week eight bear up and bear down episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is in full swing and many teams are strutting their stuff, unfortunately, our beloved we're not one of those teams today and you might not be able to get in on a game this year but you can still get in on the action with bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head on over to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts and the only way to kind of sum up uh, today's game is to say that, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, we did our absolute best to win and lose the game, like, simultaneously throughout the afternoon. I mean, it was just we were Jekyll and Hyde all day long today where we were brilliant here but then completely inept in other moments uh, in the game. And um, we'll get into the hows and whys uh, tomorrow on the uh, deep dive review. But um, for now, let's just get into <laughs> the game balls, uh, the bear ups and, and bear downs to see uh, who we have to thank and who we have to blame for how today's game uh, turned out. So uh, let's go ahead and get to it. Today's game was an interesting one to sit through from from start to finish. You know, we 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 go back and forth, kind of have this uh, pull and pu- push and pull uh, first quarter. Uh, the second quarter, the Bears jump out to uh, a lead. Uh, you know, taking advantage of those deep plays that Ross Jackson said that we might be able to uh, pull off against this defense uh, of the Saints. We even had a big 38-yard run out of nowhere. Uh, from David Montgomery, who rushed for nearly 90 yards uh, today, almost four, oh, over four yards a carry uh, today. A spectacular job from him, especially since a lot of it was from second efforts and breaking tackles uh, for David Montgomery. Um, the third quarter was a typical Bears third quarter where we just did not show up coming out uh, of the halftime break. I mean, I don't know what the hell it is. Uh, just in case we've scored one touchdown the entire first half of the season you know today was game number eight we've gone an entire half of a season and we've scored one touchdown and I think it might be the only points we've scored all year in the third quarter was that touchdown against Carolina in the third quarter the sixth game of the year our one and only third quarter touchdown it might actually also be our one and only third quarter points in this because we didn't score in the third quarter last week uh, against the um, against the Rams, that's for sure. Uh, and then we did it again today. I mean, the third quarter was a disaster. It damn near lost us the football game. And then the fourth quarter, 
we do what we do. <laughs> we we get down 10 early and then we come back and we send it to overtime. And then in overtime, you know, you guys will hear all of this in the knee-jerk reactions uh, tomorrow. In the overtime, we had our opportunities uh, to win the football game and uh, or to, to at least flip the game in, into our advantage and couldn't take advantage of it. Roquan missed an interception. Eddie Jackson dropped an interception, let one get through his fingers. Um, you know, we had our chances against the Saints. We did not take advantage of them, and that's why we lost the game. That honestly is why we lost the game. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was a tough one uh, to swallow, while at the same time we were lucky to t- take it into overtime. We really were. With the way that we played, I mean, as annoying as Joe Buck and Troy Aikman can be sometimes, they were absolutely right today. Absolutely right that basically looking at this football team – we don't look like a 5-2 and two team. We don't play like one. Like, the defense is, is, is awesome. It, you know, has its definite moments. Aside from not being able to generate a turnover, they basically did everything else right uh, today. Uh, I mean, if we get some turnovers, I think we win this game easily, quite frankly. But we had with the, the Saints fumbled the balls three times. We did not recover any of them. And we let two interceptions in the overtime period alone uh, get away from us. So five possible turnover opportunities, all with the Saints keeping uh, the football. So, I mean, it's just that's how you lose football games. That's how you lose close ones like this one. When we were fighting and c- scratching and clawing to stay in the game, we ended up losing the game because the Saints got a turnover and we had none. We had more opportunities than the Saints did to get turnovers and came away with none of them. It was unbelievable. Uh, it was remarkable. So, Let's go ahead and get into the uh, awards. Um, start with the Bear Downs, because let's just do it positively uh, today. Uh, bear Down to Rashad Coward, who uh, got the opportunity to suck at two positions today. Um, he had a, a beautiful f- statuesque pirouette uh, in the first quarter when he bit as hard on a uh, stunt twist uh, as I've ever seen an offensive lineman bite uh, in, in my entire life. I mean, <laughs> the in, the inside line uh, lineman came across his face, and he turned his entire body to follow that guy, which left a wide-open lane uh, for Davenport, the defensive end, to twist back to the inside, have a clear path uh, to Nick Foles uh, for the sack on the play. I mean, it was uh, – it was breathtaking, actually, to watch him. It was the most uh, graceful thing he's ever done was that pirouette. Uh, you know, just, just, oh, God, so bad. And, um, you know, Bobby Massey went down like fourth play of the game for the Bears today, and Jason Spriggs came in, and then towards the end of the first half, Jason Spriggs uh, went down with some kind of uh, knee issue. He came back in the second half, but... Uh, for the last few minutes of the second quarter, Rashad Coward, who had been practicing and who played on the right side all of last season, uh, was pushed out to uh, right tackle uh, so that Alex Bars could come in at left guard. And I don't know why we just didn't leave Bars out there. I really don't. Uh, I complain about it in the knee-jerk reactions. You guys will enjoy hearing that. But uh, Rashad Coward is terrible. I don't know what they're seeing on film that keeps letting them Keeps making them put Coward back out there. Uh, I say in the knee-jerk reactions, I don't know what, what Rashad Coward is doing in practice or what Alex Bars isn't that makes Coward the choice here week in and week out. 
Uh, I'm hoping this is something that we can reevaluate uh, this week because, like I said, he had a chance to suck at two positions uh, today. And, uh, you know, we got to see clear here. I mean, maybe you never know. The deadline for the uh, trade deadline is on Tuesday, I believe. Um, we So we have another couple of days to maybe make a move. I'm hoping that today's shenanigans with the offensive line kind of give Ryan Pace a shove in a violent direction to to do something or to at least start scouring. Um... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Uh, Start scouring uh, practice squads uh, for, you know, maybe like an old veteran offensive lineman is sitting on somebody's practice squad. Get that guy in here and, and let him help us. Uh, something you know we need help up front that's really what's killing us right now is is the offensive line you know it's like I couldn't even complain about Nagy's play calling today uh, because our offensive line was terrible it wouldn't have mattered what Nagy called you know it really wouldn't have and it was just uh, a frustrating thing to sit there and watch uh, today that um, you know basically the, 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 the narrative from last week is completely flipped because last week it was yeah the play calling was so bad that, you know, the offense, of course, the offensive line was bad because the, the play calling kept putting us in situations where we weren't set up to succeed, you know, putting us in, in one-on-one situations or five-on-five or six-on-five and not doing anything to help uh, the offensive line. And then today, I don't doubt that that happened again today, but it just, it didn't really seem to matter because the offensive line was so bad, it really didn't matter what we were doing. Uh, it really didn't. So, um, and Rashad Coward was the one that stuck out like a sore thumb uh, with that. I hate to do it, uh, but bear down to Nick Foles. Uh, picked a hell of a time to play your worst game in, in the uniform, bro. I mean, um, he threw one interception, and he probably should have thrown about two others. Um, that play in, in overtime where he, on fourth down, he has an opportunity to run for the first down. And instead, um, he made me miss the fact that Mitch Trubisky wasn't out there because Mitch would have run if he breaks the pocket and he has that open space. Mitch is running for the first down. Uh, It's the first time since Mitch has been gone that I've actually missed Mitch because he would have gotten us the first down uh, on that play. Uh, Instead, uh, um, Foles treated the um, line of scrimmage 
as a force field and kept trying to bail and wait for somebody to get open. We weren't getting open, and eventually he got sacked, and that was it. So, you know, I think that was third down, actually. It it was third down because we ended up punting uh, after that. But, you know, had a really bad game today. Statistically, it didn't look bad. Uh, But overall, he missed some throws. He he took sacks that he shouldn't have. Uh, He's got happy feet because, like he said to Brian Greasy in the media, he knows when the play call comes in, I'm not going to have enough time for this play to happen. And I think he's – I think that's – just to look deeper into that, um, that's bad. He's expecting to get killed uh, out there. Therefore, he's acting preemptively towards it. Like there was a play today where instead of a – you couldn't really call it so much a seven-step drop, excuse me, as much as you could a constant backpedal. Like he never stopped moving. He just kept walking backwards – and eventually threw the football. That's what happened. He didn't make a seven-step drop. He basically moonwalked seven steps straight back. It, it, and it wasn't that he was going to hit the seventh stop, hit the seventh step, you know, and boom, off the ball goes. No, he just like as soon as he counted seven in his head while he was walking backwards, still as he was walking backwards off his back foot, he heaves the ball uh, into the air because he was expecting uh, to get hit uh, at that point. It was uh, it was a, a very very bad performance. Uh, from Nick Foles do I want Mitch out there no no I don't Uh, I'm still on the uh, I'm still on the Foles hype train uh, for now Uh, even though now he is two and three uh, as a starter I don't you know with the offensive line honestly it doesn't matter and I would prefer that Foles is out there even though we have more escapability with Mitch in the pocket I'll concede that 1000 percent but I also think that, um, you know, Foles is the better option for us um, because even though he's he's got happy feet, he's not panicky. You know, he's not panicky and he wouldn't do things like I'm kind of talking myself into circles here. But it just even though Foles should have thrown more interceptions than he did today, he didn't. And he's less likely to make the mistakes that will get us killed which is what Mitch's biggest problem was. So, um, or especially it was there towards the end. But um, anyway, uh, bear down Jimmy Graham. Two catches on seven targets uh, today. Uh, Dropped a lot of balls that should have been catches uh, and first downs that would have been very, very helpful uh, to us. Um, Also picked a hell of a day to have his his worst uh, game uh, in a uniform. And then finally, bear down to... Javon Wims, I mean, that was brutal, absolutely brutal what he did. Um, I haven't scoured Twitter to see if there was any uh, talk of, um, you know, see if if the coach knew why Javon did that. Uh, Speculation is that he was retaliating for, uh, you know, just based on like what they, the footage that they had, the DB that that Javon Wims went after earlier in the fall game or earlier in the drive or on the previous drive stuck his finger into the face mask and like poked Anthony Miller in the face. And I don't know if Javon Wims was retaliating or if those two guys had had a scuffle and, and, and a you know, back and forth earlier in the game, but it was it was um, reminiscent of um, I think it was Michael Crabtree 
when he was with the Raiders, and I think uh, I want to say Cromartie or something like that from the from the Broncos when he's ripped the chain off of Crabtree's neck and when they were fighting with each other, they had a ugly, ugly interaction for a game or two. Actually, it went like a, for a whole season in both the games, the two of them, you know, fist fighting one another. But like Javon Wims looked like he went in, and the first thing he did was with one hand he ripped the chain off his neck, or at least that's what it looked like. And then with his right hand, he slapped him across the face mask, and the guy was just kind of looking at him like, what the, you know, and then he like full, just hauled off and hit him again. And then uh, his teammate, I think it was Gardner Johnson, Gardner Jones, I think was the name of the DB. His teammate comes and jumps on Javon Wims' back, and then it becomes a brawl. And uh, uh, the funny thing was Javon Wims came away thinking – you know, like clapping and such in a way that, that like the first impression is that he thought like maybe the flag would be on New Orleans or that he was the winner of the exchange when neither was true. I mean, it just and this was during that disastrous third quarter uh, where, you know, we 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 came out cold and flat again. We damn near game the football game away, if not for the defense bailing us out uh, doing the bend but don't break thing today. And, you know, I don't know what the hell that was with Javon Wims. I don't know. All I know is that by the time you guys are hearing this tomorrow, I hope Javon Wims is no longer a member of the team. I honestly do. You know, like Javon Wims, as far as I'm concerned, just saved Ted Ginn's job because we're going to need him to stay on the team with Javon Wims gone. And, you know, now Riley Ridley, knock on wood, will be able to, you know, get a main get a get a shot at the roster and being active. He's been a healthy scratch for all eight games so far uh, this year. I think it's been all eight games. I don't think he's Riley really played a snap uh, this year for the Bears. So um, uh, he, it would definitely he's definitely getting fined. I would almost I would bet the house on him being suspended at least one game uh, for what he did. And uh, you know I would not be shocked. In fact, I would be happy, quite frankly, if Javon Williams was cut from the team if the Bears released him. So I think he's on the last year of his rookie deal anyway. But uh, you know, go ahead and get get rid of him. Uh, just uh, forget it. Just you know, to hell with it. Just get rid of him. Give Riley Ridley a shot. Um, you know, let Ted Ginn keep his job for another week or two. I don't know. But uh, Javon Wims, Jesus Christ, man, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> hey guys, taking a quick break from the show to thank our sponsors once again, starting with Bet Online. You know, baseball season, NHL, NBA, all in the books, but we still got plenty for you to get in on with uh, Bet Online. You got football, college, and pro. You got the UFC, tons to get after with. And, and uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile right now to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair, hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. 
This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, snags, and tugs on those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I said all that in one breath. How about that? Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering a maximum confidence experience uh, while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, and it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, and let's get back to the show. <coughs> so now we got that out of the way. Let's go to the positive side of things. Bear up um, when we got a few of them. Um, if you break it down individually, we got several, many, 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 because I want to give a game ball, a bear up to the entire defensive unit um for the most part we we tackled a lot better today it made all the difference in the world it really did uh we tackled a lot better today um the the two things that were lacking unfortunately were turnovers and sacks we only got one sack on on breeze uh today we really really needed more but then again the saints are a quick they're not a sit back in the seven and nine step drop you know, needs five seconds for things to develop. So the fact that we didn't get to breeze wasn't all that surprising, uh, to be completely honest with you. But uh, we really could have used a sack or two uh, in this one. We only got one. We could have used a couple of more. And the uh, the takeaways, um, like I said, by my count, we had at least five opportunities for takeaways, and we got we walked away with none today. So, you know, not a good performance or, you know, not good there. However, it was because of the defense that we were in this thing uh, at the end. They were the ones that were buckling down uh, on the uh, on the Saints and, um, you know, that gave us the opportunity in this, you know, going and giving up field goals uh, instead of touchdowns and, and, uh, and things like that. And it just, you know, honestly, where I think that we screwed up the most was at the end of the first half, we um we we played the uh the you know the the prevent uh soft you know coverage and we played a little too soft for a little too long and the saints were able to put a touchdown on the board right before the half instead of it being 13 to 3 at halftime it was 13 to 10 and that was huge uh for them and because when they when they got the opening drive they were able to tie the game up as opposed to making it a one-score game at 13-6. to six. So, you know, th- that was a huge, huge touchdown where we were just sitting back and trying to keep everything in front of us and so on and so forth. Played a little too soft for a little too long, and before you knew it, it was a touchdown 
uh, on the board. So aside from that one defensive drive, um, I'd, I'd, I would give the whole defense uh, a bear up. Uh, bear up to Allen Robinson. Outstanding touchdown catch today. Made some other big catches uh, for us today. You know, I get a feeling that we're not going to retain Allen Robinson. I'm just kind of feeling that we're just watching the, you know, the days on the calendar just, you know, rip apart here. And uh, when it when it gets down to the end, we're going to say goodbye to Allen Robinson one way or the other. Like maybe we do an Alshon Jeffrey and we franchise him and try to bring him back or we use the franchise tag and get him traded to somebody or or something, but I don't see Allen Robinson staying with us long term. Uh, I'm thinking that the frustration is getting to him and that he doesn't want to be here anymore. I really don't. But um, he had a great game for us either way. Uh, capped off that big play drive that we had in the second quarter uh, with a, an outstanding touchdown catch. And like I said, he made some other really great catches uh, as well. Bear up to Dwayne Harris. Who? Dwayne Harris would be our new punt returner. And he earned the bear up on his first punt return where he caught the ball and returned it for 12 yards. Um, <laughs> just just doing that alone was enough to earn him a bear up for this week because Ted Ginn was historically bad last week against the Rams. He single-handedly killed us on several occasions uh, in that ball game. Dwayne Harris was a breath of fresh air uh, back there you know he was and this is also a guy that's trying to, to to stay on the team so he you know you could you could definitely tell he was pushing a little bit he was forcing a bit but that's just fine because he didn't make any mistakes today and he did what Ted Ginn refused to do last week he caught the ball and he advanced it even if it was just a little bit he advanced the ball uh, so bear up to Dwayne Harris welcome to the team bear up to Sam Mustafar and um, Jason Spriggs uh, Spriggs came off the bench and basically played the whole game uh, at right tackle force when Bobby Massey went down. No word on what's going on with Bobby Massey yet. Uh, Sam Mustafar has been practicing all week as our starting center with Cody Whitehair out with the calf injury. And after today's performance, I got to say, I'm hoping that it sticks. Not that I don't want Cody Whitehair back, but you guys remember what I was saying before, that I'm hoping that, that Mustafar is, is good enough at center that when Cody Whitehair is healthy, we send you know Shrushad's coward sorry ass back to the bench, and Cody Whitehair is our starting left guard uh, after that. And honestly, I don't care what happens to Bobby Massey. If he comes back, fine. Otherwise, aside from one play where he got beat bad by Cam Jordan, I was happy with what I saw from Jason Spriggs today. Uh, I really was. Uh, he let Cam Jordan get under his pads and push him back a little bit too much. Uh, you know, at times, but overall, uh, you know, he got beat one time on, on a sack, which Cam Jordan's one of the better pass rushers in the league. That's going to happen uh, from time to time. But, um, you know, overall, I was happy with what I saw from from Jason Spriggs. Maybe we can maybe, uh, you know, we'll give him a chance to stay out there as well. Bear up Darnell Mooney, big 50 yard reception, had another nice catch, caught a touchdown pass. Uh, in the uh, fourth quarter that helped narrow the gap there uh, bear up Anthony Miller hey nice of you to join us again Anthony uh, although I, I did want to tear his head right off his shoulders uh, in the fourth quarter on the drive that uh, set up our our game tying field goal because I've complained before about Anthony Miller's lack of field awareness and we were on like what was it like third and 15 
or something like that. And Anthony Miller ran a 13-yard route on third and 15. He cut the route short, and instead of giving getting a first down and um, allowing us to extend the drive, possibly score a touchdown to win the game, we had uh, fourth down and had no choice but to kick it. And it was a 51-yard field goal uh, by Cairo Santos. And while we're at it, bear up to Cairo Santos. Another 11-point ball game for him. Three field goals, two extra points. The guy just keeps doing what we need him to do. And uh, God bless him uh, for that. He saved us once again uh, today. Got us to overtime. And, um, you know, he's making the kicks we need him to make. Uh, even in today, where there were gusts, there were wind gusts up to 30 miles an hour at times throughout the game. Like on one field goal attempt, you could see the bars moving. That's how strong the the wind was. The flags were literally going from one direction into the other, which means it was almost like it was the swirling wind because the flags would fly to the left, and the next second they'd fly to the right. Bananas! But he nailed those field goals every time. So, you know, and he pulled a reverse Cody Parkey there at the end because the um the saints and peyton uh did one of those i'm calling a few uh calling a timeout at the very last second the millisecond before they snapped the ball and santos went through with the kick and put it through from 51 yards out but it didn't count came back put it through the uprights anyway so you know the anti cody parkey who nailed the field goal from 43 yards out when doug peterson called the timeout and then missed the real one a few minutes later so bear up to Cairo Santos we have our kicker Eddie Pinero I wish you all the best you are done in Chicago I don't think there's any um any argument uh, about that and then uh finally I have bear up to David Montgomery 21 carries for 89 yards including that big 38 yard run uh <laughs> the poor kid's taking such a beating and is usually meeting guys at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield, or at least he has since week three uh, anyway. And, uh, you know, he broke the line of scrimmage. I mean, blew right through it, man, just blew right through it and was off to the races. And, he, and I say in the knee-jerk reaction that it looked like Mitch did when Mitch broke that big 45-yard run against the Falcons where he's basically looking around for people to tackle him. You know, not like he's waiting for people to tackle him, but he's, like, surprised that no one is close to him. Uh, kind of thing that's what David Montgomery he was looking around for you know it was like is it, y'all see I'm still running right did the whistle blow and I didn't hear it I mean what the hell's going on here uh, you know was running and they finally got to him and, and brought him down unfortunately that was only a field goal that we ended up getting on that particular drive but um, you know that's not his fault but uh, bear up to, to Montgomery 89 yards receiving and I think he got like 20 yards receive or 28 89 yards rushing over 20 yards I think receiving so he had a 100 yard day today a total offense so bear up to Montgomery and then despite a losing effort we do have an MVB this week and I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Roquan Smith uh despite missing the interception in the overtime uh period the guy was everywhere today he was absolutely everywhere I don't know what his final tackle tally ended up uh being but like i said we were much better with tackling i mean i i would i would like to think that that was probably a point of emphasis for the coaching or for coaching or for film review 
uh, this week because we didn't see the guys flying around so bad that we were over pursuing and missing tackles and uh, and things like that. That wasn't happening this week the way that it had the last couple of weeks or especially the way it did last week uh, against the Rams. I mean, we were much more under control. We were making tackles and, you know, three-yard gains were three-yard gains, not three-yard gain with a broken tackle that turned into a 12 to 15 uh, yard gain that wasn't happening today so uh, and I think that you know Roquan was the best of us on defense uh, today and he had an outstanding game and despite our losing efforts I would give him this week's MVB award so that is going to do it for the week eight version of bear up and bear down come on back tomorrow for the deep dive review we got knee-jerk reactions we have five of them this week because we have an overtime period to talk about. And uh, I'll get into the, uh, to the rest of the game uh, with a bit more depth and uh, talk about uh, a game we didn't deserve to win but should have won. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, that's pretty much how it breaks down. Our offense, <laughs> you know, like I said at the top of the show, Aikman and Buck, as annoying as those guys can be, were absolutely right. We not we're not playing like a five and two football team. We don't act and we don't carry ourselves like one, and yet we are. And you know we we shouldn't have won today's game. We didn't deserve you know we didn't win today's game. We didn't deserve to win to win today's game, but we should have. You know we should have won today's game. We really should have. We had our opportunities and we let them get by us, and that's the difference between five and three and six and two. So. Now we, we prepare for the Titans, and uh, right now, I mean, the Titans lost to Cincy today on the road. Now they're coming back home to play us. I'm not liking what we're going to have waiting for us. <laughs> really, I'm really not. You know, it's like Derrick Henry's averaging like 19 yards a carry. He's going to murder us next week. I am deathly afraid. Hopefully when we talk to our, our Titans guests this week, uh, you know, it will have the Ross Jackson effect where I'll feel better about our chances after that conversation, maybe after he breaks down for us how the Bengals, a 1-5-1 and one team, were able to shut down the Titans and beat them handily today. Uh, I, I don't know what the final score was, but it was it was not close, actually. The, since he, the Bengals kind of dominated the game today from like start to finish. It wasn't like uh, you know the since he had to come back or anything like that. They had a big lead, like 17-7 to seven at one point, and they, they held on to that lead throughout the entire uh, football game so maybe after he tells us what Cincinnati did it will uh, maybe it'll be like oh yeah the Bears can do that and we'll feel better uh, about our chances if only temporarily and then the game will happen on Sunday and the Titans will kill us so we'll see but uh, come on back tomorrow for the deep dive review and we'll close the book on week number eight and close the book on the first half of 2020 so we'll see you back uh, tomorrow for the review until then my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bear Stock Underground.